Yeah, we we do ASMR. No, <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it. We we do not do ASMR. Oh my! Yeah, I'm rusty now because I haven't been doing I haven't been doing podcasts for work either because oh. it's hard to like schedule interviews and stuff. Yeah, wiggle it out. Just, you just gotta wiggle it. Wiggle it out. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> good, good energy to start with. <laughs> Welcome to Monster Masquerade. I'm Faye. And I'm Mint. It's a, it's a show where we talk about things in the horror genre that we love. And they're comfy. And they're comfy. It's not too, it's not too bad. It's not too scary. It's, not too scary. Uh, it's sometimes serious. Sometimes. We got a lot of hot takes. <laughs> Welcome to our second episode. I'm so excited. Thank you all so much for your uh, warm feedback and stuff from the first episode. <laughs> I really appreciated it. And it was super exciting to see people sharing it and everything. It was very exciting. Hopefully, hopefully you guys will like this one too. I know. I'll so, like it. Yeah. <laughs> so as we mentioned, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Alien. Yes. Uh, Directed by Ridley Scott and came out in 1979, mm-hmm. which was way before I was born. Same, same. You could argue about whether or not it is a horror movie, uh, but it definitely is, especially like the second half of it. Yeah, no, definitely the second half. <laughs> and we'll get into it. Had you seen this one before? Not since I was a kid, and I like don't think I had finished it. There were parts, like, you know, whenever you know you saw something when you were younger, you see it again, and you're like, okay, I've seen this. But other parts, you're like, I don't remember this. That's kind of how it was for me. Right. I think it's kind of like uh, The Matrix in the sense that, like, there are a lot of things in this movie that set precedent for other oh, things yeah. in the genre. Oh, yeah. I went in kind of blind enough to be excited. Other than the game, I played the game. But it, the game is um, so different. But I played it, so I kind of like spoiled it a little bit. Actually, there was some stuff that bit. the game spoils a bit, but it was okay. It was, mm-hmm. it was still like, wow, because <laughs> that one's with uh, Ripley's daughter, right? Yes, yeah. I guess we can, we can start with a little bit of background. We didn't really do this uh, for the first one, but I feel like there's so much with this movie to talk about that it would it would be silly like for us to not cover it yeah crimson Peak's um, a little different than alien like scale wise right. so as i mentioned is directed by uh ridley scott who has done a ton of stuff it won three saturn awards and one hugo award so it's very prolific in the sci-fi genre yeah it also won an academy award for visual design and effects and it is preserved in the library of congress for being a significant piece of art really uh, entertainment yeah i did not know that i didn't either there was there's just so much cool stuff about this movie i have four pages of notes oh man you've got more than me this time (laughs) but that makes sense that makes this is your favorite so it makes sense like you were like research 
And it's like, we'll talk about it, I think, once we get to the plot stuff. But literally, mm-hmm. the first two pages are just almost straight up analysis. And then once we get to the more slasher monster hunting yeah. aspect of it, I, I got more in line with my notes from like the first movie that we did. I feel like my notes for this one weren't very constructive because I was just watching so intently. So right. my, my notes weren't too constructive. So that's why I have like some other like analysis stuff pulled up because I have thoughts, but I did not translate them well onto paper other than my thoughts on like the cat, but we'll get to that. Yes. That's very good. <laughs> I, like I said, I only really played the game, but going into it, really all I knew was like I'd ridden the great movie ride at Disney whenever that was around and there's the cool alien animatronic I knew that the alien monster was really cool like from a monster standpoint I knew I liked alien but I honestly was one of those people that was on the fence on if it's a horror movie or not until I rewatched it because I was just like eh space Sigourney Weaver an alien okay but then Uh like even getting into it just the music and the like it's tense from the beginning. It's like, okay, yeah, no, this is a horror film for sure. It's interesting how intentional, I mean, when you're making a movie, like everything has to be intentional to <laughs> a certain degree, but just like the entire vibe they were going for um, in terms of like graphics and designs and even like environment uh, mm-hmm. is so strong. A lot of that you can chalk up to um, H.R. Yeager who was known for his like really surreal um, kind of nightmarish dreamscape paintings and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he actually, he came up with the design for the Xenomorph. We might just, I'll probably switch back and forth between Xenomorph and Alien because I think they just call it Alien in this movie. I don't actually know where. Yeah. Feminist icon Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Protecting her babies. It's weird, like... I don't know if there was some drama or something, but um, he never comes back for the sequels or like any of the other movies in the Hmm. series. They credit him with the design of the alien, but that's pretty much it. That's so weird. I know that the, uh, I was reading into it, the puppeteer, oh my God, I did not write down his name. Hold on, hold on. The alien, he passed away before he could be in any of the sequels. And, but he was like six foot 11 or something. I was just like reading about him. And it's really sad because he would have been a good puppeteer. Bolahi Badeo? Yes, yes. So yeah, he was 6'10", and they literally like found him in a bar and were like, hey, come be in our movie, please. Yep. Yeah, everything everything about this movie is so intentionally weird and claustrophobic. It's suffocating. It really is a suffocating mm-hmm. film. I don't know if I could rewatch it like frequently. From what I read, too, it kind of made production hell, too, because uh, especially parts in the ship, right? were made from like salvage jet fighters and like all this other stuff and then just kind of like stacked up to be like uh. very tight spaces so it was tight and it was hot like the entire time everyone in that cast is tall because Sigourney Weaver is like six foot tall mm-hmm. so that's gotta be horrible I will say this this movie nasty yeah <laughs> Some of the props and some of the models are just so, so intense. Like the things that they are made of. This movie is not vegan friendly at all. Oh, no. Uh, Wait, I didn't know any of this. Uh Uh-oh. You're going to change how I feel about this movie. The creatures in this movie is just super iconic. The facehugger is made out of sheep intestines, Mm. high-pressure hoses, and uh, dead shellfish. What? 
Why couldn't they have just made it out of like plastic? I mean, I, I don't, there's just so much. <laughs> it was like, let's just put some sheep intestines on this crab and call it a face hunt. What? Like, what? Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's just, it's really cool because I, I like learning about the special effects and behind the scenes stuff. The xenomorph, like, suit itself was very complex. Um, so just the head alone had over 900 moving parts. Oh my god. Including the uh, hidden, like, transparent human skull at the front, which you mm-hmm. can see usually, like, in figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. But <laughs> I have, it, was, it was filmed in over the course of 14 weeks. Huh. They got a lot done. Yeah, they did. Spoiler zone. Oh, <laughs> begins <laughs> <Always>. here. Woo! <laughs> uh-huh. Basically, this movie is about a crew of blue-collar workers who investigate a distress signal, find a creature, take it back to the ship, and all hell breaks loose, and everybody dies, pretty much. <laughs> That's the like basic gist of it. Um, and looking up the story and stuff, you find that uh, the writer, Dan O'Bannon, who wrote the screenplay, this movie got a little bit of controversy when it came out, because kind of like that thing I was saying with The Matrix, it had a lot of influences from other sci-fi works. Yeah. Like, the creators have gone on record saying, like, yeah, of course. Like, we just we made a movie with everything that we liked that was out at the time. So, so that's the, like, basic plot of it. Beyond that, there are themes of, like, blue-collar expendability and capitalism. There are themes uh, that have to do with uh, misogyny and horror. Oh, yeah. There's just, there's so there's And so much. there's a lot of... At the beginning, especially themes that kind of go hand in hand with the pandemic going on right now. Yeah. There was yeah, like a was... whole scene that I was like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. It was really interesting because I watched this like at the beginning of quarantine and also like, you know, just last week. And those and that that scene like plays out so differently. Yeah. Both times. I was just like, oh. I just I love this movie so much. It's very good. So now that we've got that, we can start with the plot. And as we get going, I'll like break in to throw my notes. To song? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can break out to song. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that, yes, that yes. Too. Alien the musical. Mm-hmm. They do that in Bob's Burgers, you know. Do they? Yep. They have an alien musical. It's uh, for Mother's Day. It's a, it's a good episode. I suggest watching it. Oh, there's actually, there actually is, there was a high school that did a production of Alien. Yeah, like not even joking. So this is a high school in New Jersey. Um, it did a stage production of Alien, the 1979 science fiction thriller. But it was very cool. They did, they like made their own puppets and everything. I feel like Sigourney Weaver heard about it or something and like went and saw it. That's something. amazing. That's amazing. Story time with Alien. Yes. It was 21, 22. Wait, was it really? Yes. Do you have the year? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't have that. We start with the ship flying through space. Uh, there's a lot of... I'm just going to get this out of the way. There's a lot of phallic imagery in this what? movie. Wait, I didn't pick up on that at all. I saw no penises. What do you the mean? Ship, the ship looks like a peepus. What? Hold on. I am looking this up right this second. <laughs> well, and you can keep talking about the plot. I'm going to Google just the name of the, the ship flying through space with a crew of. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a penis. Why is it a penis? 
Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it looks like a dildo. It's got the little thing for the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. I thought, I thought you were joking. No, I actually did not. I didn't pick up on that yeah. at all. Yeah, no, this movie is not subtle in, in regards well, to... Well, I guess I'm just blind as <laughs> fuck. Um, so this crew, <laughs> this crew is coming back from a job that they've done. Wait, basically, is, it, is it a penis because of the sexism? Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Okay, sorry, continue. No, it's all good. That's our teaser. That's our teaser. <laughs> it's a good way to get us... Jesus on everything. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they're coming back from a a salvage trip, essentially. <laughs> we meet the crew aboard the Nostromo, and like the first half of this movie, you get like some sense of like suspense, uh, just because like I think space as a concept is still very scary and very unknown. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of like mystery and intrigue going on there. Um, but for the most part, you know, they're just like living their lives. They're talking about like uh, like the two engineers and essentially the basement of the ship are talking about like, hey, it would be nice if we got paid a little bit more. And Dallas, who's like the captain, is like, you'll get paid what the contract says. Like nothing I can do about it. Like talk to talk to other people. Yeah, they're very um, much like, where's my money? I want my money. Much. You get the sense that like these people are maybe if they're not friends, they're like at least like very close to that. Yeah, work um, colleagues that are cordial, but yes, but a little they, like they're friendly work colleagues. Their ship picks up a distress signal, um, so their uh, ship computer wakes them up to go investigate it. They have to go investigate it because it is in their like protocols. If they don't, then they don't get paid. Yeah, I would like to point out why didn't anyone read their contracts? They weren't like maybe I don't want to sign a contract where I have to go investigate a weird distress signal in the middle of space i'd be like no probably not not for me no thank you so the way i understand it and there this is kind of a running theme throughout like the entire series um but Waylon yutani who is like the faceless business uh capitalist organization that kind of runs the behind the scenes mm-hmm. um they're like a mega monopoly so they've mm-hmm. got They've got their hands in like everything from like pharmaceuticals to military. Um, that's why like all of the crew members have like a military background, I think. Oh, that's bad. And, yeah. that's, and that's why there are like weapons on the ship. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, I, I, I had that question the first time. So I, I looked into like that kind of stuff. There's probably not many other employers or if there are like, it's super shady, like, Mm, okay. I'm sure this is like it must pretty, be done. Yeah, like it has to be. It's the way it is, but also it's like kind of pristine just because of the name. Oh, uh, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah, it's not great. Capitalism is not very good. Who would have thought? I had Who no idea. <laughs> it's a central theme to this movie. Just how little they care about yeah. uh, their blue collar workers. So yeah, they go and investigate this signal kind of begrudgingly things are just kind of weird at first they send a team to go investigate this signal on this like super stormy um like it's a moon they kind of crash on it because the weather is sporadic so upon uh landing like the ship kind of crashes out and so they have to do repairs um so half the team stays behind and then the other half goes to explore 
uh, and they find this giant weird ship. Yep. That you, that you learn more about in Prometheus. Prometheus is not a good movie. I'll just oh, what? Right now. I've never seen Prometheus either. Huh. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> wow, it does not sound like it is fine. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, okay, brief, brief tangent. Uh, so like, I'm usually not this kind of person when it oh, comes to theories and stuff. The team. Um, <laughs> but I definitely think Alien is the best film. Like, the first one is the best out of the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that comes from how well it uses the tropes that it is built on and improves upon those. The second one is like a military shooter. I'm not that big. Like, James Cameron is fine, but <laughs> it's not my favorite. And then the rest <laughs> of the movies, fine. like, especially the prequel series, I think it does too much to, like, try to explain everything. I think that takes away from some of the mystery and yeah. some of like what makes the aliens scary. It's so scary because you don't know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially that when it's like so lore heavy and so detached from the original while still like trying to play it up like beat by beat. It just feels like a weird. That's valid. That's totally weird, valid. A waste of like two hours. Yeah, that's valid. They find another big ship. Uh, that has that has some really weird architecture going on. It doesn't look very human. They find like a giant pilot who is probably like 12 feet tall or something. And they also start to lose signal down there a little bit because the storms are so bad. So they're just kind of really just trying to find this SOS signal and get the hell out of there as quick as they can. But these guys are not, they're not that smart. No, they see uh, an exploded person and they're like, hey. That's weird. <laughs> weird. They're not going to do anything about that, which I should mention. Uh, this ship is not the same one that is seen in Prometheus. You might think they are because they look so similar and because they have the giant dude in the chair. But they're totally different ships. Two different dudes, of, two different ships. Because of reasons. Oh. <laughs> because it would be too easy, I guess. And so they find these like glowing egg pod things. We come to our first of many problems. Why do they go up to the eggs? <laughs> I don't. No, I would think like these people are all educated. It seems yes. like they're all tech savvy, that kind of stuff. I don't know why people in the alien movie decide to explore things face first all the time. They're like, hmm, well, we have protocol, but let's just instead walk towards these weird eggs on this yes. strange planet that we weren't planning on coming to anyway. Mm. it's such a bad idea it's so bad like what happened like call it primitive call it whatever you want i call it smart like poke the thing with a stick if you're gonna get yeah (laughs) i would just be like oh i'm out of here but that's why i'm not Um, in a horror movie i guess (laughs) right so they're investigating things and they uh they don't really find the signal they don't find any survivors uh but they go up to these eggs and one of them opens up and uh, attaches to Kane's face, and then they have to rush him back to the ship because is he dying? We can't tell. Poor Kane. Um, yeah, Kane's got it rough. Poor naive I do Kane. have that those eggs are made out of fiberglass. Oh, what? So, like, every single egg in that chamber is made out of fiberglass. And then for the close ups where they had the face hugger, like, attack his face, uh-huh. you can kind of see it, like, moving before it jumps out. Yeah. Uh, that is Ridley Scott's hand, just kind of messing with the puppet. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. That's really cool. Uh, 
So I guess it was like on a stage or something and he was just below it, like moving his hand around. Huh. Well, that's neat. Uh, at least, did they? Hmm. Hopefully nobody got like fiberglass exploded at them. No, I don't think so. I think I think they were covered on that front. I think it was just to make them like kind of transparent and glowy. That's cool. I thought this might be a question that you might have. So we had mentioned on the big ship that uh, the pilot or whatever had his chest burst. Yes. So you might be wondering, why is there no grown alien already? Just kind of wandering around, ready to eat them up. Oh, um, yeah. So apparently the xenomorphs have like a super short life cycle. They're kind of like bugs. That makes so that sense. The egg state can stay that way forever. But even the xenomorph um, from this movie, uh, had it not died at the end, spoiler, uh, it would have died like naturally. Like pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Huh. They so just they need are... to reproduce quickly. They just need to like make the eggs. Mm-hmm. And so uh. that's, that's kind of what uh, propels the monsters like uh, that makes sense i didn't even think about that but i guess it makes sense that they're kind of insect like mm-hmm. and you also have like no idea how long the that alien has been there oh yeah um but it's just it's something to think about i guess yeah so those eggs just chill there waiting those eggs going off of like the prequels and stuff are supposed to be weapons um, mm. the idea huh. is i guess you just drop them on a planet and then i mean eventually they they kill everything and then they die like a day after or whatever. <laughs> wow, what a fun <laughs> existence. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they are totally driven by instinct and, and stuff. And like, that's it. Hmm. There's no reasoning with the xenomorph. Nah, they're just chilling. Uh, so I have the do not look at strange glowy thing face first. Poke it with a stick like a good yeah. scientist. You I... have a gun. <laughs> My notes just become all caps lock pretty much like going forward. It's like, why are you going in there? What are you doing? Uh, why are you like, look, it's just like, what are they? There's just so much like, what are they doing? Why would mm-hmm. they do this? But like, it, it, it does have a reason. Like, yes, there, there are reasons and you find out. But like me, not really. Luckily, the spoilers from the games didn't register in my head until they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what, oh, there is a very cool cut so like i have it it's at the 35 minute mark when kane gets grabbed by the thing um so he yells like super loud and then it's just like immediate cut to the outside of the ship yeah um it's just like super quiet and unsettling it's very good the score is so nice the the composer did like twilight zone so very atmospheric and nice Mm -hmm. it's very like subtle at the beginning like kind of just atmospheric yeah it makes me uneasy but that's mm-hmm. good so they've got their dude they realize that there's nobody here for them to save and they try to go back to the ship and ripley is not having it rightly so she's in charge and everyone just ignores her mm-hmm. for better or worse uh ripley is very like attached to the to the rule book as it is presented to her. So, like, the protocol says that if someone has been infected with something, which Kane has been, he has a literal, like, <laughs> alien life form attached to his face, that they're not allowed to bring them onto the ship for fear of uh, infecting everybody else. Which is a good protocol to have. The United yes. States. 
<laughs> and also that the other people who are with him, if they are to come back, they have to be in quarantine for like 24 hours and mm-hmm. observed. And since Dallas was one of the people that went off the ship, she holds seniority and like essentially gets to have final say. But then their science officer... Is that Ash? That's Ash. Yeah. That's Ash. Uh, oh, opens Ash. the gate anyways and lets them in. We don't like and Ash. Ripley is appropriately pissed. Like, they're arguing with her this entire time. So I watched this uh, movie at the beginning of COVID and again recently, and it's so frustrating seeing authority figures ignoring procedures and quarantine. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's even more frustrating to see those rules be violated behind the scenes by Waylon Yutani for profit or essentially for their own economy. Ripley was right. This is the moment that I hate like half the crew. Like nope. Dallas, Ash, and Lambert. Like they try to start like a literal fight with Ripley for trying to keep the health and safety of everybody else on board. At this point, I was like, oh, I know the big alien's coming and she can take all of them except for Ripley. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I was like, ah, she can have them. <laughs> right. They're just doing their job, but also like, come on, <laughs> like you know better. Come on, yeah. guys. I just, I don't know. It's it's rough. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Especially to watch like now. I don't know. It's just like extra frustrating. Like I was like, ooh. Right. And so they get back on the get back on the ship and they, they put Kane in uh in his isolation observatory thing. The medical yeah. bay. Yep. We can talk about the crew for a little bit because I have some notes on them. I already kind of didn't like them. To be honest, they're very like, I don't know how to explain the feeling I get from them, but like, Mm -hmm. I would want to be around them. Like, I could feel like they're probably not very nice. They're kind of rough and tumble type people. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But I didn't, I wasn't attached to like any of them. Like not even Ripley at first. Like I was not attached to any of them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I was just kind of like, eh, Mm -hmm. they're kind of dumb. But, like, I got the feeling they were all, like, being forced to do something they didn't even want to do. And they just wanted to get back home. Like, it very much seems like jobs that they have to work because they Mm -hmm. need the money. That sucks. But, like, the characters themselves, I was never, like, I didn't feel super attached to them. I think that's why I was, like, I'll get rid of them the second they were (laughs) bad. I was, like, "Uh, get them out of here. That's, that's. That might not be a popular opinion, but. I mean. Except for the cat. I was very attached to the cat. Whenever I saw a cat, the first thing in my notes is, if anything happens to this cat, I riot. <laughs> like a <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. The cat, the the cat, cat lived yes. through the sequel, and then I think it gets abandoned at a hospital no! or something. Well, at least it's fine. And lives a, a happy life away from aliens. Good, good. Yes. As it should be. Uh, Jonesy, because I had a feeling you would be interested in this, was played by four different cats. That makes sense. You can't really get a cat to act for too long, I feel like. Right. How do you how do how do that? Yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt okay about everybody for the most yeah, part. I didn't like, hate them, but I wasn't attached to anyone. Right. Them them starting the fight about quarantine and everything really put a damper on, yeah. on my opinion of most of them. I feel like I stopped thinking highly of them, like the whole sequence when the one group is walking down into the eggs and the other group is just kind of like talking in the ship. Like even then I was like, hmm, they kind of suck. I like the two basement engineer guys. They make me laugh. They're they're, kind of yeah, fun. they're not the worst. It, none yeah. of them are like the worst. It's just very like, you can tell that they're all grumpy, I guess. 
which uh-huh. rightly so except for ash yeah which, except for ash he's he's like suspicious the entire time i hate that guy i had on my notes like i hate this man <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and like after after that fight ripley like calls him out like hey why did you why didn't you listen to me like why did you why did you let them back in the ship yep and he's just like he doesn't do anything really he's yeah. just like oh what he's just like uh, we have to investigate for science. Uh-huh. And I'm all for like, oh, for science, but not like infect a bunch of other people with this strange thing on this guy's face. Right. They have, they have literally no clue. Yeah. <laughs> like, but what, soon they, they will know. Yeah. So they bring him back and they're like, okay, well, we'll just like pull it off of his face. <laughs> they are so close to the thing when they are like trying to remove it with the scalpel and stuff. And then we immediately find out that it has acidic blood yeah. that keeps it from being, like, pried off. Why didn't they um, think about that? Yeah. no. So, like, if they had poked it and it had sprayed upwards, they would have just died because uh, they were so close. They're so, they're, why do they do things face first? It just makes no sense. The only thing I can think of, well, what, like, I would say, oh, because it's the 70s, but technically it wasn't. But I guess because when it was written, <laughs> it was the right. 70s. But I feel like even then, like, if you do some research into science, you would know, like, not to do everything they did. <laughs> I mean, I learned in, in seventh grade science class that you, even if it's a smell, you waft it. You, you waft don't get it. Right next don't to get it. in this like literal alien face. So they can't really do anything because uh, it's got acid blood, so you can't cut it off. And when they try to like go near it, the tail like kind of closes on his neck. So. They're essentially at a loss. They're like, I don't know, we can freeze him maybe, but otherwise we just kind of have to watch him. <laughs> so um, and so they go back like about their business very shortly um, before Ash calls them all up and is like, hey, you got to come, you got to come see Kane. And they're like, <laughs> did something happen? And he's like, it's better if you just come look. And then he's fine and everything's fine and the movie ends and they go home. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, they have the, they go in there and it's like suspense and they're like, where did it go? And then it falls, but it's dead or whatever. Yeah. Why did Uh he, he literally was just like, come in here and didn't tell them to be careful. (laughs) They all Mm -hmm. just came in there. Oh man, but then he's fine. Wow. And so they all go to dinner and they're like, oh man, we're so glad you're, you're okay. Why Um, did they think he was okay? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Cause they had been doing like x-rays and stuff. So you would think. Yeah. But also, like, as as we'll get to in a second, Ash is, is real shady. Oh, true. And, yeah. And so, like, even if he did see something, he probably wouldn't. Oh, true. He it. didn't let Ripley look in the microscope at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> he's, he's the science officer and he knows best. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're moving through this pretty fast, but also it's a two hour long movie. So, like. My nature of it. I'm trying to get to the like super horror aspects of it that people are probably more interested in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was been like 45 minutes. So we come to probably the most like iconic scene. I'm using that word a lot. I love this scene so much. It's so good. It's very good. It's so Um, good. It just seems like a normal dinner scene. Like everybody is going back about their business. They're happy. Their friend, coworker is okay. This scene has been cross-examined by so many like film experts and like genre historians and stuff. 
I'm not going to say anything new, probably, but like, it's just, it's very good. Like, even the characters that I dislike are kind of enjoyable here. I mean, it just seems like a normal night, right? It's kind of noisy, um, but it turns into like this camaraderie that is very believable. And like, you kind of feel for these characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They got a crappy job, but like, hey, they're on the other side of it and they're going home. Yeah, they got done with the weird face thing. It just disappeared. They're like, ah, cool. So they're eating and then Kane starts to cough. Um, And they're like, hey, man, are you choking on your food? Like, what's what's going on? (laughs) And then it gets worse. He's like coughing. He's like choking. They lay him on the table. And then surprise. It's a baby. It's so cute. I know that's you know, me. That's got to be the hot take of the century, but it's so cute. That it's cute? Yes. I want a little. I agree. It's kind of silly watching it run. I, run yeah. I want a little plushie of it, like so bad. <laughs> that's, that was my first thought. I was like, aw. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little white, like baby xenomorph. Um, and so it comes out and it like makes a little screechy noise it's before like, it just like <laughs> <laughs> before it just takes off and, and sneaks into like a ventilation shaft um and everybody is just like what the fuck i guess kane's not okay <laughs> no so we are 56 minutes into this movie and we have just gotten our first kill yeah so it's like they they waited a really long time they but did. like that first hour goes by pretty quickly i think that's why we're not like hitting a ton of yeah because a lot of it too is like slow panning building suspense type things like that first hour is just like putting us into this world and like explaining enough so that we kind of understand what's going on. yeah and now Um, we've got this thing running around yes pretty there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about the the chest burst scene in general so a lot of people think that like the crew, um, they had no idea what was going to happen during that scene with the chest burster. And like, that's not how movies. Work. No, that's not, they would have to know. That, they'd have to know that like he would have all of that makeup and stuff that he'd have to get into. Right. So they had read the script. They knew something was going to happen. They'd even seen their conflicting reports about this, but they had seen like the, the baby puppet thing. Yeah. And so they knew that it was going to come out of his chess they just didn't really know the extent of that um and the thing that really caught them off off guard um is that they had a ton of like squibs in the like fake so uh john hurt who was the actor who played kane essentially like stuck his head through a table and had a fake body there Um, and so when the chest burster comes out they activated the squibs uh but there was a weird like pressure issue and so they squirted it out with like way more blood than was intended Um, and so like the reaction that that the cast has is very real because it's like it's a ton of blood it gets on lambert's face and she's like oh god (laughs) so that was like their Um, first take then yeah i think so well they had tried it during one take and i I don't think it had worked until they reset and, and then it exploded. Like, and then it like exploded. That's so funny. Um, and so their reactions are genuine in the sense that like 
they maybe weren't expecting all of that blood yeah. or whatever, but like it's like them acting on top of also being like, ah, oh god, that's so much blood. Yeah. <laughs> there there are a couple of reports where like I forget who specifically, but like someone had like just gotten married <laughs> and like <laughs> wouldn't speak to their their wife like the rest of that afternoon because they were just so traumatized by what? all of the blood. Oh no. <laughs> It was it was rough, but like that is why that scene is so famous. It's because of the genuine horror that is like on top of their their acting chops. Hmm. So it's just good. The dinner scene is just so good. And then from here we get into more like traditional slashers, monster chase. Yes. Yes. Um, Scooby Doo sequence. Yes. But they more gory. They take Kane's body and they yeet that man into space. Fair, um, valid. And then uh, <laughs> I have in space, no one can hear you do it to him. <laughs> this is where we get the tonal shift for the movie. Um, wow. And my notes get like much more sporadic. Yes. So, Mine were already kind of sporadic. They be- they just become nothing at this point. Like, ah, the cat. <laughs> so they're all three like splitting off, blah, blah, blah. And they're following like a heat signal or like a tracker that they have. They're like, okay, we're going to find this thing. And then they are like, oh, we're going to get it. And then they bag it. And they're like, oh, it's just the cat. And they let it run away. And then I think it's Ripley. It's like, you can't do that because now it's still going to pick it up on the heat signal. And she's like, so go get it. You know, go get it. So Brett's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go get the cat. You know, the machine they're using is kind of cool. It measures like disturbances in molecules or something. So if something moves in front of it, it can sense the vibrations or whatever on like a molecular level like molecular echolocation um, kind of yeah but it's kind of crappy and it's not very reliable and i like that aspect of it yeah it, it's another like element of suspense yeah it's very nice and it's very believable because like it seems this company they work for probably would skimp out on like actual working technology <laughs> like i feel that yeah yeah it seems like they don't really care about safety of the human beings working for them like it they could lose this whole ship and as long as they got some uh, sweet sweet alien stuff they'd be like oh hell yeah right but, so so brett's like going off looking for this cat by himself which come on guys come on mm-hmm. ah you know you know what's coming <laughs> so he goes off and he's like looking and he's like come here kitty come here and at this point i'm at the edge of my seat and i'm like if this cat gets fucking eaten i'm so <laughs> upset i am turning off the movie i was like that's mm-hmm. it i'm done and mm-hmm. then instead of a cat he finds um an alien yes yep. so like right before that they find the skin yep it shedded yeah he thought he mm-hmm. finds it shedded like a like a snake or like an exoskeleton on like a like a bug mm-hmm. or something. Um, like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, he doesn't think maybe I should leave. And then um, he gets the eaten. Yep. Yes. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> but the important part here is that it pans out and the cat is totally fine. This cat is totally fine. It's yeah. watching the entire thing. Yep, it just watches and it's like, ah, well, darn. That cat also went home to its partner and did not speak to it the entire night. <laughs> it was traumatized. Uh-huh. Honestly, what does a cat think? I don't know what cats think anyway, but like an actor cat, an actor cat seeing this happen is like, oh, aliens are fucking real. Like if they can think mm-hmm. that, they're like, that's it. Aliens are real. We're done. Yeah. Because we do get, we get one jump scare from the cat because uh, mm-hmm. they're searching for it. And it pops out of like a grate or something and hisses. Yeah, before uh, he goes and grabs it. 
Yeah, and they all and they all freak out and then just like start laughing. Yeah. At how they almost died. They're like, oh the cat, um, hee <laughs> Which that part felt very real to me because that's my exact reaction to yeah. like, haunted houses and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't mad uh, about that jump scare. I thought it was like fitting. It's just like that that transition from fear into laughter is just so relatable. Yeah. Because you're just like on the edge of your seat. <laughs> fear into laughter, back into oh I got eaten. Mm-hmm. Classic life story. Yeah. <laughs> that that shot of the xenomorph like hanging out in the chains and rafters is so very cool. It just looks yeah. neat. Yeah. Like right before it, it murders him. Man, the aliens are um, so cool. I love the alien. It's so good. They like they very intentionally decided not to do like full reveals throughout the movie because Ridley Scott was like, it's gonna look like a man in a suit. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. we're doing we're doing a lot here to to chop and screw this this movie together. Uh but we gotta have like it's gotta be sneaky or else it's just like not gonna be believable at all. Yeah. Just um, big so. tall man in suit. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I heard he was, I read he was a delight to work with. He's just, like, a gentle giant. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, kind of like you were saying, the ship is, like, functional by name only. Like, it's so full of tools and junk. Like, it's a wonder that it even takes off. Yeah, yeah. It seems very, like, hmm. There's another piece of media that I feel like feels like this, but I can't think of what it was right now. For some reason, I'm thinking like Futurama, but I'm sure Futurama just takes lots of nods to Alien, honestly. Right. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but you got like movie. the capitalism, you got the, the, <laughs> the space, the aliens. <laughs> uh-huh. So they regroup after Brett has died because the alien is not like leaving behind bodies. So it's not like there's a corpse for them to, to find or anything yet. Yeah. Um, they just heard his scream and then like saw blood and knew he was gone. Yeah, I mean, you're just um, kind of, you don't go in there after that. You're like, oh. Right. Yeah. And so they regroup and they're like, well, how is it getting around? Um, and they're like, well, it has to be going through the vents. The um, vents. The vents. Which is, talking about the video game, like probably the coolest and like. That's so scary. Most tense moments when you have to explore those vents. Oh, yeah. I, I do uh, not like those vents. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool. So uh, they send Dallas in there um, with a flamethrower because <laughs> they're like, "Well, how are we gonna? How are we gonna scare this thing? How are we gonna kill it? Because that's their plan at first, right? It's just yeah. like kill this thing because yeah. it is taking us out." Um, and they're like, "Well, every living creature reacts to like extreme heat or cold, so Honor that's probably our best Yeah, um, which like. I guess especially because they encountered the acid blood earlier, like that's why they can't just use like straight up guns or anything. Yeah. And they assume that these things are like walking around outside so the cold wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So that's why, because they try to catch it with like a a regular like iron net or something <laughs> uh, because they still think it's tiny and then they're like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, this net yeah. is not going to work. Nope. Or I'm convinced every time I watch that, that he's going to like, accidentally burn his face off because again yeah. he just has that flamethrower like so close to his face they just don't care about their faces <laughs> in this movie. you need those to live you do but yeah they don't care at this point they're like well i'm in space with this alien so he's in radio communication with the rest of the team and he's like instructing them okay close off this gate as soon as i pass it because he is 
certain that they're going to get to like a dead end and he'll be able to kill it or chase it off or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand why he thinks he has the high ground in the vent with the giant alien, but... Mm -hmm. You know. I guess they don't really. There is still like because they haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I guess from, they gotta know what's bigger now. It ate a whole person, right? It's ate not the little one. Away a whole yeah, person. like maybe it's not tiny anymore. Uh huh. There's also a really weird moment where Ash calls uh, the xenomorph Kane's son. I don't know if you heard that part. No, what? I guess technically. Yeah. <laughs> technically, yeah, we got some. We got some M-Preg in this movie. Mm. Yeah, Ash is just super weird throughout the whole thing. And so, like, you're suspicious of him throughout the entire movie. Uh -huh. uh, rightly so. You could, like, kind of play out like he's just a weird dude. But, like, no. 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 Soon. He's the worst. Soon we will. Um, he gets to, like, this final grate and the, the sound scanner thing isn't working. Um, and he's like shouting like, where is it? I can't see it. It should be here. And she's like, I don't know what to, this is Lambert who I just like, as great as Ripley is for like, uh, women's representation and, and horror and stuff like Lambert is kind of the antithesis yeah, of she, Yeah. She's so forgettable. Um, even <laughs> like, yeah. Which I think in the writing they had, um, they had intentionally made every character's name. Cause like they all, for the most part, go by their last name mm -hmm. or a nickname. The names and characters weren't associated with like any specific gender identity or anything. Yeah. So it was just Sigourney Weaver happened to like nail it for it for so Ripley's character. Oh, that's a fun fact. So the actress who played Lambert, um, she showed up to set the first day thinking that she was going to play Ripley. Oh, that's awkward. And then, they, and then they had to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're playing Lambert. That's so awkward. Like, yeah. you're not the cool badass pilot lady. You're um <laughs> this one. The... That would suck. And she went yeah. on with it, man. Props to her. Mm -hmm. So she starts doing her thing and freaking out. And of uh -huh. course, uh, Dallas gets got and grabbed. Hi, uh, Dallas. Have to, they have to go back in there and get the flamethrower. <laughs> now Ripley is in command of the ship. Uh, and she's like, okay, you know what? We're just like... We gotta leave. We gotta yeah. Leave. We gotta get this alien the heck out of here. We gotta get out of here. Time to go. Mm -hmm. And they like again. They kind of fight her on that because at first they're like, "We're not all gonna fit." And then Dallas dies, and it's like, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> now There's we all fit." <laughs> <laughs> she goes to like their computer uh, system that is called Mother, um, who basically is the autopilot for the ship and also like communicates uh, the company's like directions and stuff for everybody. And Ripley's like, hey, mother, what do we do? What should we do? Like, can we can we go? Yeah. Because um, I think Ash had talked to it earlier and Ripley had like confronted him about it. Mm -hmm. uh, about like why he was so keen on finding this creature. And he's like, yeah. oh, I can't tell you. Yep. Um, and so Ripley tells the computer like, hey, override that command. Tell me what was the, me uh, the message that Ash had gotten. And the message is priority one ensure return of organism for analysis <laughs> all other considerations secondary crew expendable yup there it is <laughs> crew expendable just like working uh -huh. <laughs> it's like oh like yeah the, the amount of disregard for anybody on that ship's life is just like it's it's ridiculous yeah they don't but it's care. so like 
It makes sense, but if... Yeah, no, it's so, it's so true life. And like, it fits to the theme of the movie very well. Yeah. To the company, uh, they're like, we can get this alien. That's just like, what, like five or six people? Who cares? Like, they're like, yeah, whatever. And then we can make bank. Yeah. Um, the thing that kind of sucks about this one uh, is that there's not like a ton of memorable like one-liners or anything. Um, which you could argue like this movie doesn't really need it. Yeah. Um, but in the sequels, uh, I think in the second one specifically, she has this line. You know, Burke, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. They're not only giving like blatant disregard for their like employees or whatever on that ship, but also if they bring that thing back to Earth, that could just mm -hmm. populate the whole Earth. Like they could just, they would just take over the Earth. Yeah, and you, you see them do, like, weird experiments in some of the later movies and uh, stuff. But essentially, like, what the uh, ancient aliens, which is that one show. Ancient like, aliens. <laughs> like, trying to, I trying to turn the xenomorphs oh, into, man. like, I just know about the... The, the meme. meme. Uh -huh. Oh, my God, I'm so old. <laughs> so, yeah, they essentially want to turn stuff into weapons and do whatever. Upon learning this... Ripley, like, appropriately, she's, like, broken by it for just, like, a second, right? Yeah. Just, like, shocked by this realization. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we're all, we're all gonna die, probably. Yep. yep, and they don't care, and they're like, yeah, whatever. And then Ash appears in the room. Quiet Ew. jump scare. Ew. She's like, do you want to know, do you want to know why? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she, like, grabs him by his collar and is, like, shaking him. Uh, and she's like, I don't care. Yeah. He looks, he looks so offended. And it's, like, <laughs> it's so unintentionally funny because she is like, she's so angry and so like justifyingly like pissed about this whole situation. And he's just like, don't you want to know my cool science facts? Yeah, and she's like, no, forget no. your science. I just want to leave. Yeah. And so she tries to leave him and tell the rest of the crew and he attacks her. He brings her back to the medical bay and tries to kill her right there so she can't tell everybody. Yeah. For whatever reason, he, it looks like he's super strong. And he tries to... This is the weirdest way I've ever, like... I mean, Ash seen. is just the imposter in med bay. After yeah, exactly. all. <laughs> this is... I hope they incorporate this. That'd be <laughs> really cool, actually. That'd be so cool. He tries to choke her with, like, a rolled-up magazine. Well, I've never seen that before. He doesn't know how to do the human things, you know? I guess. Like, Which is what we're about to get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have a question. Like, it's like once we find out what we're about to find out. Um, so okay. she hits him and like this weird milky white stuff starts coming out of his head. It's uh, not what you think, even though the shape of the ship is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that he is... And android, I guess, would be the right word. What? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why he's so strong. Yeah. Um, so Lambert and Parker come back as he's like trying to kill Ripley. And he is just like very easily fighting them off at first, which is like why I kind of question the magazine thing. Because if he's super strong, you know, like he could just. Maybe he still right? at that point didn't want her to know she wasn't. But I guess if he's trying to kill her, why would it matter? He could have just killed just, her. Like, break her neck or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe. Hmm. I have no idea, actually. Yeah, unless he was going to hide the body and be like, oh, she got 
taken. You got xenomorphed away. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> Plus, like whenever so, she punches him and stuff, wouldn't she? Wouldn't that have hurt her? You would think so. I mean, he seems like kind of noodly. Huh. Once they take him apart. True. Yeah. So maybe it's just like maybe he's got like iron bones, and then the rest of him is just spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate I hate his milk blood so much. Yeah, it's yeah, so nasty. That's very gross. Understand. Was it actually I, milk? I, I do have what it is made. Oh out. yeah, give me um, give me the beats. I know it's made out of caviar. What? Uh, yeah, it's made out of caviar. I think actual milk, and then like straight up mm. pasta. <laughs> Like literally, mm, they could just eat it. Delicious milk <laughs> pasta no. caviar dinner. Nasty. <laughs> That's so gross. Yeah. Movie is not vegan friendly. Wait, he's literally a noodly boy. Yeah, he's a noodle boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, so they have essentially killed him, but then they take his head and they like <laughs> they jump started essentially. Um, so they can question him. <laughs> question um, the noodle. And some of the shots of the, the still head are kind of silly. The transition isn't always yeah. clean from like actor to dummy head. Yeah, it's kind of um, hard because, you know, milk caviar noodle. Yeah. Man. Which I did. I did read that the uh, so the separate head had like shrunk a little bit uh, when they went to bake it. And so that's why it looks like kind of off. That's so funny. They're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> uh huh. They're like, we'll just cut away really quick. It's fine. So they bring the head back to life and he starts getting like weirdly sassy and like flippant with them. <laughs> yeah. Which he hasn't been throughout the entire I thing, mean, but I guess. The androids in the game are very sassy. And so it is the first of many bad robots in the alien franchise that we encounter. I freaking hate um, the androids. I mean, I guess he's not, like, really bad. He is just following whatever yeah. orders were installed what in What he was programmed also. to do, but he's annoying nonetheless. Yeah. So they have, like, a, a cattle prod that they shock him with, essentially, uh, to get him to talk about, like, why the, why the company wanted to bring this thing in and he doesn't really answer them but he goes off on this tangent about how the xenomorph is essentially like this perfect organism he likes that it acts only to survive and so they don't get a get a lot of information from him he goes on this weird creepy monologue and eventually they're like okay we're we're done and so they set him on fire what else would you do you know yeah they burn him he gets fucking roasted appropriately <laughs> that's what he deserves very satisfying get the milkman out of here um so now that they know that like they have this idea that there's like no surviving this thing and because the company has essentially said that they're all like bait anyways there's no point in them fighting it and that they should just leave yeah it's just the three of them now they're all gonna fit and jonesy and Can't the cat jonesy. the cat it is time to blow up the ship yep uh, but first, they got it. They do. They do have to save Jonesy. Gotta save the cat. <laughs> His weird little futuristic cat crate. I love him. So they are getting everything prepped to leave. They got to get like fuel cells, I think, from one of the machines or something. Yeah, some like uh, it feels like kind of time filly stuff, but it's like it's not bad. Right. So they split up. So uh, Lambert and Parker go together, and Ripley goes to like 
activate the self-destruct and find Jonesy. And then, of course, while they're getting like the fuel, they run into the alien again. There um, she is. <laughs> there she is. And again, just Lambert continues to be the worst. Yeah. Parker is like, get the fuel, get out of here, go survive. I'll fight this thing off, try to like buy you some time. And she is like, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. She is like hunkered down in this like little truck thing. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, I always watch things and I'm like, I love the strong female character, but knowing myself and my anxieties, I think I'd be a Lambert. So <laughs> like, I, I think I'd be a Lambert. I'd be hiding. I'd be like, nope, I can't move. I'm just going to die. Like that would be me in a survival situation. I'm not like a, I'm not a Ripley. I'm a Lambert. Right. But like, I don't know. I feel like, like so rarely in fight or flight, is there the third option of be still? Yeah. I think, I think mine is to just be still though. I'm bad. (laughs) I was not built to, I was built to sit at my computer. (laughs) That is why I am here. So I just, I get, I get frustrated with Lambert. No, so definitely. That is the trope. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, the girl is scared and she's sad and she's hiding and she's sitting there. Yeah. And so, so it makes sense. Yeah. And I do have some, because it is like on top of like just being frustrating. This film, uh, from the perspective of the writer and director and many of the like creative minds behind it. So they said that this movie is an answer to misogyny. So you have like mother figures. The ship is literally called mother. mother. You have women as victims in, in horror, which they kind of flip with Ripley, although that may not have been like the original intention. Yeah. Um, like they didn't go into it thinking like, oh, we're going to have a badass woman protagonist. They just happen to get Sigourney Weaver and. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh huh. Feels like a half effort, I guess, by having this, like, this, this. Yeah. Mirror. Yeah, that is fair. Like, why would, why would she be like that Mm -hmm. in this movie specifically? Right. And so, like, part of me wonders if that was, like, after it had come out. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Ha ha. We totally (laughs) planned all of this. (laughs) Uh huh. Or if, or if it was just, like, actual happenstance or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I know enough about, like, Ridley Scott's other works to make a definite statement. Yeah, I definitely don't, but someone out there does. Maybe they'll tell us. So they both die, and I was was saddened by Parker's death. Yeah, at that point you care about them, because once once it's like, oh, the humans are expendable, then you're back to being like, well, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> no, they're not, you know, or at least for me, I was. Like, they, you want them to survive. Yeah, they need to live mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're in communications, and Ripley hears, like, Lambert screaming her head off. Yeah. Uh, and she, so she, like, picks up, like, oh, they're, they're dead. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> okay. we get some, like, absolutely wild camera shots, like, first person, like, moving all over the place. Like, yeah. So she finds Jonesy, she activates the um, self-destruct, and then she is going back to um, the ship, and she comes across the, the xenomorph nest. Yeah. Um, where she finds Dallas and, and Brett, and it's like really weird and kind of choppy. Um, There's a lot of shaky cam in this movie. 
Yeah. Which normally... This part in particular, like... Yeah, I normally am not a fan, but mm-hmm. since the movie itself is so good, I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of shaky cam happening. This part... I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't tell it because some of it felt like kind of dreamlike, if that makes sense. Yeah, almost like she's like uh like just completely taken over by adrenaline type feeling. Right. So and she's just it. so she, and her body's like piloting her, like, okay, go, go, go. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to look at it. So she finds them and Dallas uh in his like cocoon, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I guess I guess they were trying to it was trying to lay eggs and stuff in them. Yeah. Because we see that in like later movies. Uh, so Dallas is just like, hey, kill me. Kill me. Maybe, maybe do this, please. And so she sets them both on fire. Yeah. That's kind of her. <laughs> it's brutal. But it's very it's so brutal. brutal. It's got to be hard for her, but it shows that she's like strong. Yeah. That's probably like the bleakest that this movie gets. Yeah. Like, oof. You could guess that they might be contaminated, or which is like, was her fear in the first place, right? Yep. But it's like, they don't know. I don't know. There's no egg. I didn't see a face hugger. I don't know how. Yeah. They could be fine, like, but, but probably like, not. Just based on context. I think, and like having to, to act on that. Yeah. It's really scary. It is scary. So she, she kills them, and then she is like headed back to their escape shuttle. But she can't get away because the alien is there. Yep. Blocking her path. Yep. I didn't notice that at first, so I got very confused. Oh. Because <laughs> um, then she, like, turns around and is, like, trying to deactivate the self-destruct sequence because she can't get away. Yeah, you don't want to explode while you're on the ship. Yeah. And she is unsuccessful. She gets there, like, just a little too late. She's trying to flip all these switches and, like, push things into place. And she can't quite get it before the, like... uh the failsafe uh, is disabled. So it's kind of do or die. Like she either has to get off the ship or it's going to explode. Yep. And this like self-destruct sequence, I don't know if it is the original like sci-fi horror property to have this like <laughs> thing. Um, but if not, it it is probably like what inspired a ton of other yeah. series to have the self-destruct sequence. You so must I, have self-destruct sequence to be sci-fi. Right. <laughs> so I was thinking of like Metroid. I, I went like my brain went video game. Video uh, game. Video game. So I was like, oh, there's stuff in Metroid where things are self-destructing. Yeah. Like every single Resident Evil has a self-destruct. Like that's true. There are so so many, and I'm sure like if it wasn't the first, that I, I'm sure that all of these like newer properties point back to oh, that yeah. as being the thing. Oh yeah. Um. So like its influence is so so big. I'd be um, interested to watch and compare it to um, Encounters of a Third Kind. I still have not ever seen that. But I, my mom brought it up whenever I was watching this. She was like, oh, Encounters with Third Kind. And we were like, oh, we should watch that. So now we need to like sit down and watch that because we're like, hmm, I wonder uh-huh. how similar they are. 77. So yeah. two years so, before this. Yeah. So it's, I'm curious like how the two compare. And so she gets back. She, I think she sets the alien on fire a little bit mm-hmm. uh, with the flamethrower. And that's very cool. And she makes it off and they take off like right as the ship is exploding. Pretty um, cool. The cat's getting away. Yeah, it's and very cool. She has a moment where she is just like, she's kind of bummed out. Like, yeah, I mean, I would be too. Like it sucks. All of her, all of her dudes. Yep, they are just straight up dead. 
But Jonesy's okay. Yes. So that's fine. Um, so you would think, because uh, this is a two-hour movie, we are at the one hour and um, 50-minute mark. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, they're fine. Like, that's it. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. For all of, like, the two hours that this movie is, only about, like, less than 10 minutes involve Ripley fighting the alien. Yep. So she starts to, like, get ready to go into cryostasis or whatever they call it, hibernation, like, that thing, which involves her stripping down. Of course it does. I don't know why. You know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, yes, I know. I know why. But <laughs> it's the whole George Lucas. There are no bras in space. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, uh, sure. Maybe you needed to know she was extra vulnerable because now she thinks she's in the clear. And she's going to go into cryostasis. And if that wasn't enough, surprise, she's going to be nudie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so know. It, just feels, it feels weird. Yeah. Um, so she's going to do that. And then, uh, like, as she is just, as she's getting ready to go to sleep, she sees the alien just chilling. <laughs> He's just hanging out in, like, some pipes and stuff. That would be uh, so scary. Like, honestly, from, from like, that character's perspective... You're like done with it and you're like, oh, thank God. And then you just like look up and you're like, oh, man. Oh, fuck. Like, oh, no. Like, why? How? Uh, and like the little, the secondary jaw comes out for a second. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, is it like a snake? Like, does it sense vibrations or something? And then I was also curious, like, why is it just sleeping? Like, is yeah. it, I thought it might be like an immediate reaction to like a colder ship or just like as as we had kind of talked about, like it's nearing the end of its life cycle. Yeah, Maybe true. It's, just... it's, it's almost done anyway. And so like it senses her and then she like has to get into a spacesuit. And she's singing this song like the entire time. It has the lyrics like, you are my lucky star. She just keeps saying it over and over. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't really know what that is a reference to. I don't either. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with her daughter or something. Something. Know. Maybe it's um, to make her more vulnerable, but strong or something. Maybe. Or she's just trying to keep it. Keep <laughs> she's it. trying to keep the alien calm. Maybe like okay. a lullaby. Back Watch to the wholesomeness. <laughs> right. The whole motherhood thing. Like, oh, you poor little alien. You're probably so scared. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know this is a stressful time for you. You just <laughs> murdered like a bunch of people. It you must just, be so tired. It was just eating, you know. Now it's about uh, to die. Man, what a stressful yeah. life, honestly. Ugh. And so she is like singing the song and she's putting on like this huge space suit and strapping herself in so she can open the gates and yeet that critter back into the yeah. stars. Get him out of here. Uh-huh. And it does, it looks a little silly as it's like flying away. But that's it fine. does, but it's going to die anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Poor guy. Oh, and then uh, it's like, it's trying to get back in and she roasts it. She roasts it with her engines. Oh, yeah, the engines. Then it's yeah. for sure gone. Yes, because this movie or this series does have a bad uh, habit of just like yeeting the thing into space. And that's then that's so the end of funny. It. Why did it want back in though if it was going to die anyway? Like, wouldn't it just be done? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was like, I can get one more egg out of this. Because it's like the planet that it was on had little to no oxygen. Mm -hmm. So maybe it doesn't need to breathe. But I think that 
atmosphere was also full of like nitrogen or something. They called it like primordial. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like it would just be like, yeah, whatever. But I guess if it's like constantly fighting to survive, right. it'd be like, must put eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird, but she gets rid of it, and then this time it is it's gone. Um, Yay! She's so free. She, Sequoia Weaver can live free. on. She's recording, uh, you know, like a captain's log type mm-hmm. thing, saying that like everybody's dead. Um, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Peace, y'all. And then, like, if you're ignoring the rest of the sequels, like, it kind of leaves her to an unknown fate. Yeah, I don't know what happens in any of the sequels. I mean, other than, like, the games, I'm assuming, like, she lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she she goes to sleep and, like, that it goes to credits. I'm glad that we know she lives, though, because that means yeah. the cat lives. And that's... I don't... Don't like not knowing if the cat doesn't live. <laughs> like <laughs> no, the cat is the cat is all good. I'm do sure the cat go into cryo though? Like what? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it does. Yes. Oh, it okay. Was in cryo with him at the beginning. Too. Oh yeah. Okay. Whose idea was that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. What are you gonna put a cat on here for no reason? <laughs> for absolutely no reason, and put it in cryo. I guess like I don't. Know, it's either like a therapy cat or they gotta worry about space mice. <laughs> it took care of those space mice, all right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man. Lieutenant Jonesy, since they all have military backgrounds. Lieutenant <laughs> Jonesy, that, give that cat a medal of honor. That's a lieutenant I can get behind. <laughs> lieutenant Jonesy, cute little yeah, cat. Pretty much how the movie ends. Did you have any like final thoughts or anything that you think that we? No, I just made? really liked it. Um, I thought it was a good, enjoyable movie. I obviously did not pick up on a lot of, like, I knew it was about misogyny and mm-hmm. like, I knew, like, I mean, it was very clear with like how Ripley was being treated, but I didn't pick up on like all the phallic stuff and mm-hmm. like some of the other themes. Cause I guess I, it's my first like watch through really since I was a kid. Right. So, uh-huh. so I just kind of was like watching it and like, Ooh, big alien monster, uh-huh. you know, but I'm sure like well, on a second watch through knowing that I'd be like, Ooh. Yeah. Because there have been like a ton of studies, because even just like the initial, um, I don't know how much of this will keep in because I, I just think it's neat. But <laughs> <laughs> like the initial idea for it to like face hug and, um, you know, essentially like I'm going to use the word that's not great. Penetrate Kane's oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it touches. Why on would this, we not like, keep that in? <laughs> there are like psychological theories and like gender studies that it's like oh this is usually like if you are a hyper masculine male like the fear of penetration is like huh. up there when it comes to your sense of being and your sense of sexuality and masculinity and all that stuff yeah i guess um, i just never thought of it that way so the idea of like forceful alien birth thing happening to a dude is very true the the birth thing yeah in a in a genre that often is very very cruel and very yeah. well especially dark. around that time you're getting all the slashers coming out they're starting aren't right. they around this you've time your, like texas chainsaws halloween psychos like which i mean don't get me wrong those are fun but you can't ignore the just constant violence towards women in them so right yeah and and so like some of the, some of this stuff definitely points uh towards that towards like moving away from that to an extent and for that i think it it's yeah you know, 
really well. And they don't necessarily like follow that trend throughout the series. Uh, yeah. Because of like different directors, different writers, all that stuff. Lame. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda it's kinda sad. But this movie yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just really like I like it a lot. Yeah, I definitely want to rewatch it now that we've discussed it. Now I want to rewatch it and be like, oh, uh-huh. like it's well, more than like, just like an alien movie. Like, oh, uh-huh. well, even like H.R. Giger stuff when he was designing the creatures and stuff. Like, the ship is a penis. Yeah, the, well, now I know that. <laughs> like the the facehugger itself has some features that look like you know a vagina or labia or like. All this other stuff. Um, it's so funny. Like my brain just like did not none of that. Like none of that imagery registered with me. I think that's right. just because I'm not like a very like type of person. That's all, like I, I don't think about that stuff very often. It's hard for me to pick up on imagery like that in movies. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. It's so other world worldly and gothic and like impossible to take in. Yeah, like that's where some of that suspense comes from right like that fear of the unknown because it's just so so fucking weird like what are you supposed to do about this exactly oh i'm reading okay so i'm like reading notes on it online now about it the entrance Mm -hmm. to the alien spaceship that they go into is like a womb and it's like a vaginal opening i did pick up on that i have i literally skipped it in my notes but i have that like i was like Mm -hmm. hmm spaceship entrance looks questionable question mark that's the only thing i picked up on and it makes because then i was like oh it's filled with eggs okay so that's why i thought like oh okay it's just like a womb and i I don't know Mm -hmm. i didn't connect everything else to it yeah i missed that part but that makes sense yeah yeah (laughs) um i've said it multiple times throughout this but like i love this movie it's like an amalgamation of a ton of other science fiction works but it uses those influences so well uh, to create a good story and adapts those as needed to tell like a a fresh fresh ish story you know yeah we have mysticism and the unknown are good for horror that's why like like i mentioned those prequel series movies like yeah i love the unknown of it all they just they just don't work quite as well. No. Um, and I like that Waylon Yutani doesn't really have aside from Ash, right? They don't really have a face or or a representation in this movie. Mm-hmm. And even he is like represented. without the skin is kind of faceless. Like he's just like a Yeah. Yeah. It it represents like the helplessness of a blue collar worker, like in regards oh, to, you know, white collar oversight and influence. True. Um, and they make that that's very clear in your face like oh from the beginning they're talking about money and like mm-hmm. oh well you signed a contract and like contract contract blah 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 contract right. and then like uh-huh. then it's like oh surprise you're expendable we don't care about you at all and it's like well mm-hmm. obviously because they sent them into this ship for yes. no reason basically like they did not uh-huh. have to go there people were clearly dead but you're not saving mm-hmm. anyone at that point so right uh-huh. yeah um, and then just my last point is just that Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver kicks so much ass. Yes, she's um, the coolest. I love Without her. being like, because there's this like uh, stigma that badass women have to be like badass all the time. Yeah. Uh, like with Sarah Connor, right? Like she's just this gun-toting, like super serious, super like unstoppable being but yeah Sigourney Weaver seems like a just like a human just like a person yeah like Ripley is allowed to be scared and angry and also like overcome that um yeah and not necessarily blasted with a machine gun or whatever (laughs) 
to set the, things on fire, which to, I think uh, is how we all flamethrower. If we could all approach our problems like that, maybe the world would be that. I should not. That mm, should not be the no, moral. No, no. I don't think we should end this episode on commit arson. Yes. <laughs> and then the world will be better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching or listening. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, but it'd be funny. But no. yes. So I don't. I don't know if we'll cover like any of the sequels or anything necessarily. Maybe someday. Maybe eventually. Yeah, if people um, are like, oh, talk about the other alien movies. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Uh huh. But we don't even, yeah. we don't know what we're going to talk about next. We need to. Nah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it a secret. Yeah, it's a secret um, even to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Um, watch Alien. Yeah, watch it. It's super good. It's a little hard to get to unless you have, I think it's on HBO. It's on HBO, yeah. I just did like a free trial thing. Mm-hmm. If you have Amazon Prime, you can get like a free trial for a week. It's worth it. It is. It still holds up. It does. I liked it a lot. There's a video game too, if y'all want to play it. Yeah. That's also fun. I will say the video game's not as fun as watching the movie because there are a lot more androids. The alien itself, really cool. The stealth is kind of cool. The aliens... Or not the aliens, the uh, the androids. They're so annoying. It's a little repetitive. Yeah, it's kind of like I didn't I didn't finish the game. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with all of you, I did not finish the game. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us. Yeah, we'll keep you posted and let you know. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, with any episode suggestions. Yeah, I'm down for suggestions. There. We'll see you in the next one, I guess. Yeah. Bye. Right. Bye. You've been listening to Monster Masquerade. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. 